When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. 2024 is going to be a monster year in politics. We want to keep you up to date on all things election, but you've got lives, families, jobs, and you can't always listen every day to the show. That's why we've created a podcast called 24 that gives a recap of our election coverage from the week. Think of it like a highlight reel, a breakdown of all the plays, analysis, and team interviews. 24 will drop at noon Eastern on Sundays in our podcast feed. You can find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go subscribe to the Clay and Buck VIP. You can watch us every single day on video there. We are waving at you right now. We appreciate all of you. We also love all of you listening on our 500 plus AM FM stations in all 50 states, plus the millions of downloads that are taking place every single month on the podcast. We love Tudor Dixon. We also love Carol Markowitz, part of our podcast network. More to come in the near future. We head now to our friend Andy McCarthy, who is still in Chicago, I think watching his son play for the University of Chicago baseball team. I understand that we sent him a New York Mets mug. It's good for a Mets fan to get something, since most of the time all they get is losses from my Atlanta Braves. Uh, right off the top, shots at Andy. Uh, play bringing the heat, you know, right away. Andy, uh, by the way, who do you like in the Super Bowl? We uh, probably won't talk to you before then. Do you have a strong lean one way or the other, 49ers or Chiefs? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are – I just think um, Mahomes is – to get into that sort of Montana Brady category, he's got to like go on the road, win those playoff games, and get a championship. And then I think he's in that conversation. So I think I think that's what's happening. Uh, I'm on the other side, uh, by the way, the 49ers. <laughs> but that, yeah, there we go. We got a, we got an easy uh, easy battle going on there. All right, let's dive into what we got today. 
Uh, D.C. Court of Appeals, I think you would probably say not a surprising ruling that they're not buying Donald Trump's uh, presidential immunity argument. He now faces, the Trump uh, does in his legal team, the question, does he appeal on bonk uh, to the entirety of the D.C. Court of Appeals, knowing that the D.C. Court of Appeals is not going to accept his argument, uh, and uh, then would appeal to the Supreme Court, or do you think he skips the on bonk appeal and goes straight to the Supreme Court? How would you assess where we are right now as it pertains to this Jan 6 case based on the ruling that came down this morning? Clay, I think equally important with the 57-page opinion, which, uh, as you suggest, is a pretty thorough rejection of his of the merits of his immunity claim, but probably equally important with it is this one-page, really essentially one-paragraph order that the court issued in conjunction with the opinion. And it's very interesting. What it does is it says to Trump, you have until Monday – to file an appeal to the Supreme Court, in which case we'll continue to hold the case in abeyance until the Supreme Court acts on it. But if you instead decide to take your 30 days that the rules of appellate procedure give you to appeal to the full court on banc, uh, and only then, you know, which would ha- what would happen there is it would get instantly denied, and then he would try to appeal to the Supreme Court. What the court basically says, if you try to go the rehearing on bonk route first, um, that is not going to stop proceedings in the district court anymore. So you either appeal to the Supreme Court Monday, or this case is going back to Judge Chutkin so she can start having hearings and do the jury questionnaire and all the stuff she has to do to get ready for trial. Have you ever seen that before? Uh, nope, I've never seen. Well, I've also. Seen, I mean, th- is there anything about this where you couldn't put that question to me? You know, there's yeah. nothing about this. But I, I well, the reason uh, I'm saying normal. I've never seen a court say if you appeal to us, then we will allow the lower court proceedings to start. Basically, telling Trump you're not going to be able to use any more time here. You better go straight to the Supreme Court. If you were advising, I, I've never seen something like this. So, and, and, and to your point, none of us have ever seen anything like this. What would you tell Trump and his team if they came to you in the wake of this appeal? And we all understand that Trump's goal is to avoid this case going to trial, ideally until after the elections already happened, but in a minimum as long as possible. What would, what advice would you give him based on this ruling? I tell him we have to appeal to the Supreme Court on Monday because I think the other thing, Clay, that there's like another moving part here that we have to consider, which has actually superseded the immunity in importance, and that is that the Supreme Court has already said they're going to hear the obstruction case in connection with some of the January 6th defendants. And even though Trump is not a defendant in that action, he's not a party to that, it, it it's immensely important because the two main charges against Trump in the election interference are the obstruction charges. So I think as a practical matter, because the Supreme Court's not going to decide the obstruction case until the end of June, Judge Chutkin can't start a trial until sometime after that. I would say, you know, probably late July at the earliest, because uh, she's got to wait for what the court's going to say on obstruction. So if I'm Trump's lawyers, I think I would say to him, look, We've gotten as much out of this immunity thing 
that like on substance was meritless but was valuable to you know to getting the case put on ice in the district court and achieving some delay but at this point his eggs are in the obstruction basket it's no longer an immunity thing andy what is the from the perspective of uh jack smith the anti-trump democrats given what we've seen so far what are they hoping this is going to play out as right like what what is their best case scenario as you see it from here on out in terms of obviously a guilty verdict but in terms of the timing and how it comes down i think they go to she's determined to go to trial they go to trial in late july i've been saying july 15th but uh it was pointed out to me not long ago that july 15th is apparently the start of the republican convention i think that would be a little much to start the trial on that day but i imagine you know after that um the hope for them would be the the Supreme Court doesn't do much with the obstruction case that would disturb Smith's indictment. And then with with little or no tweaking, he can just go to trial a few weeks later. And in the meantime, Chutkin can use this time that she now has or probably will have to do all the pretrial stuff that you need to get ready so that they can hit the ground running and go to trial in July. And then they hope, Buck, to... Uh, you know, in a federal criminal trial, the defendant has to be there every day. And this is estimated to be a two to three month trial. So I think they would hope to have Trump sort of not only chained to a courtroom from late, like late July into October, but also day after day after day, um, the evidence in the case is going to be coming out and being in the public domain and reminding the public of everything they disliked about and, the, and, and you know, Andy the so problem. yeah I, I wanted to take it from that perspective so we can kind of know worst case now from the Trump perspective obviously heavily involving the Supreme Court's actions here what's best case from here on out that Smith that uh, the Supreme Court issues an opinion in the obstruction case that not only dismantles the imaginative uses that prosecutors have made of the obstruction statute but also says, you know, look, just like we said last term in the case involving the two Cuomo cronies whose convictions they threw out, we were telling prosecutors not to creatively use these statutes uh, and stretch them in a way that they were never intended to be used in order to fight political corruption. If Congress wants to write political corruption statutes, they can do that, but it's not up to prosecutors to to use the law this way and if they wrote an opinion like that and i don't think that's out of the realm of possibility i wouldn't bet my life on it um that would be a problem for smith not only in connection with the obstruction but also with the civil rights charge and the fraud charge so i think that's trump's biggest hope that the supreme court blows it out of the water for him on the obstruction case okay traditionally and again we're talking about we're talking to andy mccarthy everything we're talking about is unprecedented non-traditional uh, <laughs> yes in in the in the legitimate use of the word as a general rule the department of justice has a policy that they do not do political trials in the middle of elections this has been the standard rule for a long time even with the idea being that was it 2022 when they raided Mar-a-Lago? I think they tried to do it in August instead of doing it in October. What we're talking about now, and I agree with you on timing, is the possibility that this case would go to trial 
uh, right in the middle of the election, right? To your point, Trump could leave the Republican convention and go straight to a courtroom in D.C. and be there for the rest of July, August, September, on potentially into October. This is really crazy. Um, what do you think Merrick Garland would say about that timing and how that would play from a Department of Justice perspective? I think Garland will say, you know, gee whiz, I appointed a special counsel here, and President Biden and I don't have anything to do with the cases against President Trump, which was the reason, you know, it, there shouldn't be a special counsel in this case. Uh, the reason he appointed, there's no conflict of interest between the Biden Justice Department and Trump, right? There's a conflict of interest between the Biden Justice Department and Biden and Hunter, but not with Trump. But the only reason he appointed a special counsel was so that we could indulge this, that he doesn't have anything to do with it. The, the Biden Justice Department doesn't have anything to do with it. President Biden doesn't, even though Jack Smith is executing President Biden's power under the auspices of the Justice Department. They're pretending they have nothing to do with it. And then they'll just say Smith's going to do whatever he's going to do. And it looks like he's hell bent on going to trial whenever he can go. That's clear. Uh, they've made up this um, fantasy new right that the public has an interest in in a speedy trial when the Constitution said it's the defendant who has an interest in speedy trial. Public has an interest in a just trial. Uh, Trump doesn't want a speedy trial. He wants more time. Um, so I, I think Smith is absolutely going for it whenever he can start the trial. And it's really going to be up to Judge Chutkin to decide how does she want to be perceived and remembered. Um, does she think it's unseemly for the judiciary to participate in what would be, to my mind, the Biden Justice Department's obviously politicized desire to get this case to trial at a time that's propitious for them under the election calendar. Is there any, so Andy, it sounds like either the Supreme Court steps in here or this thing is going to trial, right? Is that, I mean, meaning either the Supreme Court shoots it down in a way where they can't get the outcome they want, or else you think they will be able to get it through on the schedule where it would happen before the election? Is that is that the right read? Yeah, I think it would be terrible to do it that way, but, but they I will. think that Smith is determined to go to trial, and I don't see... From everything I've seen from Judge Chutkin, now, look, Chutkin has frozen the case. And Smith did go to her and say, well, even though the case is on appeal, there's other things we could be doing. We could be dealing with motions. We could be dealing with the jury question. And she said, no, it's shut down. So she hasn't been a complete rubber stamp for him. And I don't think she's going to like the perception that, like, if they start this trial in August and you're running right into Election Day, if I'm a judge, I don't want to be, you know, the judiciary is supposed to be there as the protection to the defendant from abusive actions by the executive branch, the prosecution in this instance. And I think it would be abusive uh, under circumstances where the public has an interest in deciding the election itself rather than having the, the court system decide it. Uh, to me, there's no public interest in having this case before election day uh you know smith says well you know we the public has a right to the public knows plenty the public has their the indictment the public had the january 6th committee hearing there's nothing about january we watch january 6th on television there's nothing about this that the public is going to find out at the trial that is not something we don't already know 
what the Democrats are hoping for is it's like it's one big election ad in the run up to the election to remind the public when they're thinking about a million other things, how much they hated the Capitol riot. Last question for you, Andy. There's another complexity here. Clearly, based on the schedule being changed, and I agree with you, I think late July, probably the earliest at best that they could take this to trial in D.C., the Jack Smith case. What do you think Democrats are telling Alvin Bragg now? Because he would theoretically be first up on the docket. Do they push this one back and wait and put all their eggs in the Jack Smith basket? What if that case gets dragged on and ends up pushing? Because that could happen, right? Like somehow things uh, get get bogged down there and they can't start the Jack Smith case, right? Like, uh, and or we still have South Florida. What do you think they're selling Alvin Bragg right now? Do you think that case goes to trial first or do you think they tell him to put that on hi- hiatus? Well, there's two things with that, Clay. One is that, you know, uh, Alvin Bragg and the Democrats have, you know, the the national Democrats, they have kind of the same agenda. You know, they want to see Trump defeated. But Bragg also has his own constituency in New York, right, which is why he indicted this cockamamie case in the first place. So if I'm the Democrats, I don't want the Alvin Bragg case to go to trial because, to me, that's a no-lose proposition for Trump. If he beats the case, it's like a bonanza for him because he could, he's, he's got a powerful argument that this whole lawfare thing was just a bunch of, uh, you know, made up nonsense and it'll be a powerful argument for him. Um, on the other hand, if he gets convicted, it's a really bad case. And I think people are just going to say, look, that's New York. They have it in for Trump. Uh, and they're not going to care that much about it. So if I'm the Democrats, there's nothing good that comes out of Alvin Bragg going first. But if Bragg wants to go first and he's got a trial date that the judge gave him on March 25th and there's no federal trial, he said he would back off for a federal trial. If there's no federal trial going in March, it'll be up to him whether he wants to push it forward or not. Just the future of the republic at stake, everybody. No big deal. <laughs> Andy McCarthy, everybody of, uh, of National Review. Andy, thanks for being with us. Thanks, guys. Can you capitalize on the AI technology innovations without working for one of the tech companies involved in developing this tech? Well, sure you can, because artificial intelligence is having impact all around us, and there are opportunities to realize a positive return if you choose to invest carefully. Tech expert Colin Tedards believes this is the beginning of a new era that could make you rich. Colin has been watching the markets closely. When the stock market hit rock bottom at the end of 2022, He recommended shares of a top software company speculating the upside and the company was there. This same software company is up over 200% since then, and anyone who listened to Colin had a chance to more than double in less than a year. Now he's recommending a new AI company that he says could do even better, and he's found a way for you to profit from this as well. It's newaiproject.com. That's the website you want to go check out, newaiproject.com newaiproject.com paid for by brownstone research one truth revealed after another clay travis and buck sexton why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver i just don't understand have we already forgotten about regional bank closures inflation global instability and the potential for serious world conflicts you can look to precious metals for various reasons one having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan two diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Democrats have a problem. Well, there's a lot you could say after that sentence, but they have a problem when it comes to immigration, that's for sure, because even Democrats are noticing that the situation right now, and maybe this is all cynical. Maybe they're just noticing it because we're in an election year and they have to pretend that they care about the same things, in this case, namely the massive flood of illegal aliens into the country, um, that they care about the same things the rest of the country does. So it, it could be a head fake. It could be make-believe. But here you go, over on MSNBC, Al Sharpton referred to an invasion of migrants. Play two. 
What is being done to uh, get the public uh, to really uh, rise up in various states to say to their senators that they want to see the borders, uh, the border issue resolved? I mean, you're getting migrants beating up policemen in the streets of New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country that frankly have people outraged and couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senator states saying, why are you allowing this to continue? I mean, we're looking every day at the invasion of migrants and they're playing a time game with politics on this. So notice now the the way they're trying to play this, they're they're agreeing it's an invasion of migrants. And that's Al Sharpton. Who, if you know the, if you know the history, like the life story of Al Sharpton and in professional and public life, the fact that he has a TV show on cable news is, is truly as astonishing, except it's just a reminder that most of cable news is a trash heap and it's just a total waste of your time. Um, but invasion of migrants and the problem is that Republicans are not dealing with it. So Clay, they can't ignore this anymore, which is what they were doing for a long time. There's no problem. The border. The first two years of Biden's term, the border secure was the big lie they were telling. And now it's the invasion is going on. It's not Biden, the president's fault. It's Republicans fault. It, the whole thing. They don't have a real narrative here. They, they just they're sputtering. They're they're desperate. They're looking for something. Buck, just consider the Overton window of what is able to be discussed now. And I think what Al Sharpton is also letting you know is, and you guys may have picked up on this in your different respective communities out there, a lot of black voters who feel like their cities and their states are not helping people in their community are looking around and saying, wait a minute, we don't have the money to take care of underprivileged people right now in New York City or Chicago or Washington, D.C. or Atlanta or Denver or L.A. or San Francisco, whatever city you want to point to. And all of these cities are giving millions and millions of dollars to non-citizens to enable them to have a better quality of life. I don't know if you saw this too, Buck. I'm not claiming – I'm not someone who likes to point to celebrities and say, oh, this is really an intriguing an incredible perspective, because as we've said before, uh, uh, only the royal family, but not others. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Queen Elizabeth, don't even, uh, the, the, don't the even dastardly, the dastardly turn that you took to go after Queen Elizabeth is still, uh, still echoing throughout the, the universe here and in disrepute. But I will say this. When you see Al Sharpton talking about an invasion, and I'm going to use a rapper here that a lot of you may not be familiar with, depending on your age, the rapper 50 Cent came out and said, when Eric Adams in New York City, I think we talked about this, the $53 million, basically, that they are giving to immigrants, illegal immigrants. 50 Cent came out and said, I got to vote for Trump here uh, because, and I'm paraphrasing him, because what in the world is going on with Eric Adams that the mayor of New York City is making the decision to continue to take care of people that are not actually American citizens? And I think for many people out there, black voters, this is what they're, they're looking around and they're saying, this doesn't add up. What is the Democrat Party doing for me? They promise all these bells and whistles. 
They say that Republicans will put us back in chains, even though Republicans are the ones who took you out of chains, historically. What has Joe Biden done to actually make the average 44, I feel old school, in the sense that for most of us out there who are around your and mine's age, we grew up in the 80s and the 90s. We didn't go through the civil rights movement. We didn't go through all the battles about integration, schoolhouse doors nobody was standing in front of. In the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, all of us were taught, and I still believe this to be true, that despite whatever racial differences we might have, we all have way more in common than we do different. And that is actually not what Democrats believe anymore. They believe that based on the color of your skin or the desire of your sexuality or even your gender, that you can't have common ideals with others based on those differences. And I just reject that. And I think a lot of black people in their 30s and their 40s who grew up in the 80s and 90s are looking around now at this migrant invasion, as Al Sharpton called it, and they're saying, How is this making America better for me or my community or my city? And there aren't good answers here. And I think we have a clip. This is from October, right, of the new mayor of of, uh, Chicago, Brandon Johnson, going off on people who are asking about this migrant uh, issue in uh, this invasion in Chicago. Can we play that clip? This is, again, from October, but... This is emblematic, I think, of the pressures that suddenly Democrat office holders are feeling in cities. I have children who attend schools who have soccer games, y'all. You know, you all are asking me as if I'm not a parent in this city. I get it. I'm mayor. I get it. But you're asking me to give you a date. And I have to court. Do you understand that you have not had a mayor like me? I get that. I have a wife. I have children. They have schedules. And plus... We still have public safety that we have to address. We still have the unhoused that we have to address. I still have a budget that I have to address. And I'm doing all of that with a black wife raising three black children on the west side of the city of Chicago. I am going to the border as soon as possible. This is funny to me, Buck, because most people have kids and wives or husbands and, and, and kids, and they still have serious jobs, too. So when you get criticized for what's going on with migrants in your city and your response is, I've got soccer games to go to, I'm a dad, I don't think that plays very well. Uh, you know, it's one thing to be normal and have a normal life, which many parents and grandparents out there listening to us do, but that doesn't mean you don't have an obligation and a responsibility to get your job done, especially when you're being highly paid for it and you ran for the obligation. Don't beg for the responsibility of being the leader of a city Get it. And then as soon as the criticism starts to rain down on you, say, hey, I got kids soccer games to get to. But I think this is what the pressure is doing to Democrat politicians in their marketplaces, Buck. This is different. And I give credit to Greg Abbott for helping to, to further this conversation. But it is super, super interesting that this could be uh, could be happening. Yes, I I agree. Very important. Very interesting that it's happening. So we will continue to follow this one as Closely as we can. And we got a, a, a jury verdict that we'll tell you about when we come back, um, coming out of Michigan in, in that school shooting case that some of you may be intrigued about because it's a relatively uncommon precedent, uh, as it pertains to what's occurring there. But I want to tell you right now, uh, 
you've seen QR codes in restaurants or on products. Uh, it's computer-generated, little black-and-white square. You zoom in on it with your phone, get the menu. I hate this, by the way. I Can we bring back menus everywhere? I don't know anybody who's like, you know what, I love a QR code, but that's just me. I want actual paper. Remember, they were like, oh, we can't have menus anymore because that'll spread COVID. Can we just have menus everywhere? Uh, anyway, I hate QR codes, but especially when they're using it. Guess what's also happening now? Cyber criminals are taking advantage of that. They can replace QR codes with their own. And if you scan those, you can be redirected to a malicious site, encounter malware, or have your information stolen. Latest trick out there to steal your online identity, working more and more for online scammers. Important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives, just like it's important to know how to protect yourself and your online identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock. Online systems scan billions of transactions, looking for evidence of wrongdoing when it's happening in your name, and you're a LifeLock member. They're in touch with you faster than anything. If you do become a victim of identity theft, dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. That's my name. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Promo code CLAY. Use my name and you get 25% off. That's LifeLock.com. Promo code CLAY. Keep up with Clay and Buck's campaign coverage with 24, a Sunday highlight reel from the week. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Encourage you to go check out. We've had a couple of great interviews. Dave McCormick uh, in the second hour running for Senate from Pennsylvania. Top of this hour, our friend Andy McCarthy breaking down all the latest on the lawfare against Donald Trump, its consequences, its significance. I think you will learn quite a lot from that. If you missed it, you can go grab it in the podcast or you can go subscribe to the Clay and Buck VIP and you can watch the video uh, version of the interview on uh, once the show is over. You can also obviously watch us live for three hours every single day at clayandbuck.com. Uh, okay. Um, Donald, uh, we, we've talked, I think we might have mentioned on the show earlier, maybe yesterday, that Tucker Carlson was in Russia. If we didn't, uh, we certainly uh, have talked about it off air. Sometimes the conversations are very similar. But Tucker just released a video saying, yes, he's in Russia, and he's there to interview Vladimir Putin. I think that's an interesting decision. I agree that if you can interview some, somebody at the center of a geopolitical universe, you should. Here's Tucker talking about his decision to interview Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. And we have the right to tell them about it because we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview. But we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. I agree with everything he said there, Buck. I mean, I don't know what Putin's going to say. Obviously, some people are going to rip him. But I, I think if CBS, NBC, Fox News, uh, CNN, 
any of these outlets had the opportunity to sit down one-on-one with Vladimir Putin, you would have to take it. I'm not sure what you lose by this. To me, it's a big get from a journalist. We got to see how it goes. Uh, I, I respect, uh, I like Tucker. You like Tucker and I respect his, um, his chutzpah a lot, uh, and, and what he's done over the years. Does this turn into just Vladimir Putin with the same talking points about the threat from NATO, et cetera, et cetera? Or is there something that we glean from this that is, that is new, that is novel? Um, you know, there are limits, right? I mean, after 9-11, if you say, I'm, I'm not saying Putin is Osama bin Laden, but it would be quite an interview to sit down with Osama bin Laden after 9-11 and ask him, hey, so why'd you do that? But I think people yeah. have a problem with that, right? So it's not just you talk to anybody because it's interesting. Um, although maybe some people disagree. Maybe they say, oh my God, I have any, any American I, I, should talk I mean, to bin Laden. I mean, I think honestly, if your job is to be a journalist and there is a newsmaker, when you interview someone, this is my perspective. I mean, is not I'm not a journalist. Do you think of yourself as a journalist? This is where it also I mean, gets a little, you know, we, well, I, I have opinions the, and views, right? I don't, I don't pretend to be neutral ever. Yeah, right. But I, I, yes, on this show, you and I are saying exactly what we think. But if, for instance, I'm just tossing it out because you mentioned Bin Laden, he's dead. If somebody from North Korea reached out to me and they said Kim Jong Un wants to do a sit down interview because. He saw your opinion on the Chicago Bulls and he likes, uh, he likes, uh, he, he's chosen you of all journalists that he would want to sit down with. I think I could say, I would go and I would sit down across from Kim Jong Un. Uh, I'd be and so, I would I'd not be so give worried about opinions. him the whole time, everybody. I wouldn't let well, him go. I'd say, Clay, you can't I, yeah. do this. But I mean, I wouldn't give my opinion. So I think, you know, I, I would say Megan Kelly has a super opinionated show, right? But I think she would argue, Hey, I can sit down. And also, you can a give a fair interview. interview that yeah. I think would would fall under journalistic approach. But I just, yeah. you know, the the, the title. I mean, I think journalist as a title is almost always a, a fraud, regardless. But uh, that's not that's not. I, I know that's kind yeah. of secondary to the to the main point, which is to go and sit down and talk to Putin. Um, you know, I, I think I got to see what I we'll got to see, see how it goes. Mean. I would say I would say yes. I think if if I were in that position. Um, and the guy who's currently in war, and and I would say, look, if somebody could have talked to Hitler during World War II and actually heard whatever Hitler was going to say, again, you're not endorsing. To me, leaders giving speech and answering questions in general is something that should be encouraged, even if sometimes they're well, lying. Well, see, the problem, though, Clay, with, with interviewing Putin is you're interviewing him in Russia. Um, you're not going to, you know, the, the, the home, her home turf advantage here isn't, oh, I'm going to, it's not like when I go on the Bill Maher show and the imbeciles in the yeah. audience boo me. It's, they might just say, you're not going back. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. they might decide that they're going to hold you. That's not being, look what they just did. They had the whole thing with Brittany Griner. I mean, they've, they've still got, well, they've Paul got Whalen. the Wall Street Journal journalists. Got, that thank you, Evan, right now. you know, much more in the moment here. Evan, uh, Gorskovich, uh, they're holding him. He's a Wall Street Journal reporter, everybody. They're holding him. They're keeping him in a prison cell there. He did nothing and I wrong. Hope, and I hope Tucker would say, hey, I think uh, based on all the evidence I've seen, that guy should be released. Really? Right, but, I don't know. Well, but what I'm saying is, are you really able to do an interview and speak truth to power when the person sitting down with you, as soon as those lights go off, could be like, yeah, no, we're just going to hold them for six months. Yeah. And so well, that's the risk Russian of prison. going, right? That's the risk of going right. is, is but, how so, do you so do So there's it? more dynamics here. This isn't like... Oh, Putin's at the UN and you get to sit down and have a chat with them where you can actually really push him. 
I mean, I, I think I know what he's going to say before he's, first of all, it's all through a translator, which means there's a lot that's lost in translation, obviously. Um, I, I'm not judging it either way. I'm just saying this is tricky, you know, cause I remember a long time ago at the height of the Syrian civil war, it's a long story, but someone came to me in back channel and was saying, Hey, I think I could arrange for you and maybe a couple of other people to, uh, sit down with Assad. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I, it ended up not happening. And it was very early stage and I didn't even agree to it. This is just an offer that was made. Someone said, Hey, I think I could do that. I said, ah, let me, let me think about that. And then it, you know, sort of fell apart. Um, but I mean, remember what happened with Tulsi Gabbard when she did that, uh, afterwards. Now, some people thought that that was an act of, of bravery for her to talk to the Assad regime, go to Syria, all of that. Um, but there's a fine line between, you know, there's a fine line in, so, in some instances between speaking truth to power, getting the answers people need, and I, I'm hopeful that Tucker is going to do exactly that, and um, getting a little closer to like a Jane Fonda experience, where you're well, hanging out up- with the enemy and letting them use you as a map. Now, that won't happen with Tucker, but I'm just saying these are the addition. When you show up in a tyrant's lair, there are additional considerations that don't apply if you're just talking to somebody here in the States. One challenge, by the way, too, which you just raised about being in Russia, I don't know how many countries Vladimir Putin can even travel to right now, given that there are war crimes accusations against him, where there wouldn't be the threat that he might be arrested or detained in some way. Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not even sure. I mean, that would be interesting to know. Did Tucker say, hey, can we meet in a neutral location outside of Russia? I don't know how many countries. I think... Putin has traveled to China. I don't think you'd feel much more, fa- you know, favorable in China than you would in uh, in Russia. There, I just I don't think there's very many democracies that would allow Vladimir Putin on. I mean, if, if I right got now. you, a, if I got you a sit down in China with Xi Jinping, would you be like, hey man, the million people you have in concentration camps—that's a crime against humanity. You need to stop that. You need to step down from power. I mean, Clay, I, I don't know if you'd make it back if you did. Yeah, honestly. So this this is the reality of the world it. that we live in, right? I mean, I get it. I mean, that is that is the challenge. So we'll see what happens, but I do think it's worth mentioning that that's going to well, go it's on. It's fascinating, right? Look yeah. at us, look at us sitting here talking about all the different possibilities, but also the implications. And you know, Tucker is one of my favorite people to watch and listen to in the space generally. So I mean, I'm 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 definitely going to listen to this interview. I'm just saying there's a it's there's it's a field of landmines. There are landmines. No doubt. In this and, field. and by the way, we didn't even mention. Yes, obviously you're in Russia, but also how long does the interview go? Do you get to keep your tapes? Right? Like who is recording it? Like, there are many. And to your point, it's translated. So the difficulty there is you have to rely that the translator is telling you the truth. Which is its own dynamic. Does Tucker have his own translator translating the translator? I, I, it is, it is going to be amazing, I think, to follow. When we come back, by the way, we should play this audio too. Biden did what we told you he was going to do. He says, if this border bill doesn't get passed, then the lack of security at the border is Donald Trump's fault and all the MAGA Republicans. We'll play that audio for you. We told you it was coming, but I think it's important for you all to hear it. That just happened in the last couple of hours as well. You know, one thing we like to do here is not only identify the problems, but also try to identify solutions or ways to make things better. Saving the lives of unborn children is a top priority for anybody who considers themselves pro-life, right? And right now, there are still so many abortions going on across the country. But there's something you can do about it. Thanks to the pre-born network of clinics, something that takes you to the front lines and saves lives. 
Preborn welcomes pregnant mothers with care and support and resources, including maternity clothing, diapers, and much more. Beside their unconditional love, their most valuable gift to that mother in the first meeting is an ultrasound. That experience of the ultrasound so often creates that additional moment of bonding between mother and child, because when she hears that heartbeat, witnesses those those first movements going on within her, the tiny hands, the tiny feet, that experience alone can save the life of an unborn child. And it only happens because of your support. So please, if you can, donate. $28 is the cost of a single ultrasound. Five of those ultrasounds, it's just $140. This is a tax-deductible donation. Use your cell phone, dial pound 250, and say baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or go online to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Sponsored by Preborn. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck. And get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com, that's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. 
Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. As we gear up for the biggest year in politics, one thing we can all do now is start voting with our wallets. By supporting brands and companies that share your values, you're sending a message. It's like buying a team jersey, and we're on Team Sanity. Our sponsors are, too. So before we get behind the candidates, let's get behind the people, our people. Every day, men and women who have started businesses across the country, people just like you and me. Support a Clan Buck sponsor and let your voice be heard. The more of us that support them, the louder our collective voice becomes. Second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off now. We're joined by Dave McCormick. He is a veteran, a uh, Wall Street guru, and he is running for United States Senate in Pennsylvania. Dave, good to have you back on the program. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Let Let's start with this, if we can, uh, Dave. Are you going to win in Pennsylvania? Why? I'm sure you're going to say yes, but why? And and what can be done there to make sure that it's not just you, but other Republicans who come away with W's this time, given what the, the shenanigans we saw in Pennsylvania back in 2020? Yeah. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be a great election in 2024. Primarily because 80% of Pennsylvanians think the country's going in the wrong direction. They look at this border crisis. They look at record high inflation. They look at crime, 5,000 fentanyl deaths. And they are terribly worried about the future of the country and the future of Pennsylvania. And my opponent, uh, Bob Casey, has been there 17 years and, frankly, hasn't hasn't done much of anything and has voted 98% of the time with Joe Biden. So it's a change election. People see this as an opportunity to put new leadership in place, and uh, I'm someone who's been a leader in the military and in business, and uh, I'm going to go there to shake up Washington, and that is the contrast. And I think that same thing holds true for other candidates, whether it's the top of the ticket or other candidates uh, down the path. Everybody views our current country as in decline, and uh, we need leadership to fix it. Dave, great to see you last night. I know you're going all over the country and all over Pennsylvania raising money to be able to win what I think is one of the two or three most important Senate races in the entire country coming up in 2024. It looks like Trump is going to be the Republican nominee and you will be the nominee for the Senate in Pennsylvania. How do you think you help Trump? How do you think Trump helps you? What does a coalition of winners look like in Pennsylvania? Because if Trump wins Pennsylvania, he's going to be the president. And if you win Pennsylvania, Republicans are going to have control of the Senate, too. Yeah, the stakes are high, which uh, which is why I'm so committed to winning and uh, why, I, why I'm making this run. I think President Trump, and I see it across the Commonwealth, I mean, people people come out on behalf. He mobilizes a, uh, a huge part of the Republican Party uh, that come out very enthusiastically for him. And, uh, and that happened in, in uh, t- uh, 2016. It happened in 2020, and that will happen in 2024. And I think um, I'm, I hopefully will be the beneficiary of that great turnout. But I also to bring to the ticket someone who can really appeal across all of Pennsylvania and build a coalition of those independents 
that are very unhappy with the direction of the country, conservative Democrats, uh, business people that see the regulations coming under President Biden killing their businesses. And so uh, I, you know, my guess is that uh, President Trump at the top of the seat will help me, and I'd, hope, I'd be hopeful that uh, my candidacy and the strength I would bring will help him. Dave, you know, you ran in uh, the last cycle, right, as a, as a Republican and lost in the primary, and then that seat ended up going to Doc, I mean, to, to uh, not Dr. Fetterman, uh, to John Fetterman. Um, what would you say are the lessons learned? I mean, you know, you got to observe that contest, right? You got to see Fetterman versus Dr. Oz. I think for a lot of people, that was one of the more, uh, crushing, uh, you know, morale destroying moments for the GOP in that cycle that Fetterman was able to win. Put aside some of his more sane commentary recently. What lessons did you take from that as somebody who's now going to be charging up that hill in Pennsylvania and winning the other Senate seat? Yeah, well, listen, you know, when you lose by 900 votes of 1.5 million cast, I mean, you can, you can, there's lots of things you can learn. And I, I certainly, throughout my life, you know, when I've failed, that's been the engine for, for growing, getting off the mat and, and wrestling or football or the military or business. That's, that's the way you get better is you, you learn from the losses. And so I've got lots of lessons, but the most important thing, the most important thing is Pennsylvanians want leadership and they want authenticity. And I'm running a campaign that's based on both. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm, I, I love America. I feel like I've been blessed. I want to serve our great country and, and make sure it doesn't become something that we don't recognize. And, uh, and I think that resonates with Pennsylvanians. I'm, I'm a Pennsylvania kid. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. As we talked about, I wrestled and played football. Wrestling got me to West Point. And then I came back to Pennsylvania after serving in the, the Gulf War in Iraq. And I, I helped build a business and create hundreds of jobs. So they want leadership. It's a moment where I think people are getting energized to get out there and vote. And I think that's a great opportunity for me because uh, I think they see uh, my ability to lead and make change, and uh, and that's what I'm bringing to the table. You lost to Oz by about 100 votes. I don't remember. I think you may have just told us, but uh, it was a yeah. tiny number. And I'm sure that was crushing. Do you think if you had been the nominee in 2022, you would have beaten Fetterman? You know, it's hard, hard to say. You never, you never want a Monday morning quarterback. I know that uh, I would have certainly given it everything I, I uh, could because I'm doing it because I want to serve the country. And people say to me, God, it's so vicious. Why would you do it again? And the reason is, you know, I, I, I love America and I want to serve. And so I, I don't want to prognosticate about what would have happened. The thing I know is that uh, I feel the energy on the campaign trail. I feel Pennsylvanians crying out for change and leadership and candor. And, uh, you know, calling out things that don't make sense, like this border deal, which uh, was proposed and ultimately I think would be bad for Pennsylvanians and bad for America. They want that authenticity. They want that truth. They want that leadership. And uh, and that's why I'm optimistic, and that's what I bring to the table. We were talking last night. You have decided, I don't hope I'm not stepping on uh, a big announcement, but you're going to go all over Pennsylvania in a tour bus, basically, to try to make sure that you get to every community face-to-face, be able to shake people's hands uh, all over Pennsylvania, not just obviously in the big cities like uh, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and beyond, but also these small areas where turnout is so huge. Uh, what do you expect and why is it important to have that kind of grassroots campaign as we come up nine months uh, from now for the election? Well, you know, the, um, I grew up in one of those communities, one of those small towns in, in Bloomsburg, which is about 40 miles south of Scranton, Wilkesbury area. So that, that's home for me. 
And, uh, you know, stepping back, 60% of Pennsylvanians are living paycheck to paycheck, and they feel like uh, the, the, their country and the people that have been running it haven't been focused on their needs. So I'm, I want to get out on the campaign trail and meet people across our great commonwealth to make sure I'm focused in on the right problems, inflation, border, crime, uh, the things they're telling me, the fentanyl crisis, which I mentioned last night, 5,000 Pennsylvanians last year were killed by fentanyl. So I, I want to I hear it from them, and I also want to introduce myself to them and tell them why I'm running and make that connection. I don't think there's anything that can replace that personal connection. And, you know, political consultants will say TV and all these other things. Of course, you got to do that to run a modern campaign. But I don't think there's anything uh, that, that compares to getting out there and, and telling people why you want their vote and asking them respectfully to give it to you. And uh, so I'm going to be spending, you know, thousands of hours on the road doing that. And, you know, I'm honestly excited about it because that's why I'm running. I want to I want to serve the great people of Pennsylvania. Uh, Dave, uh, in your previous life, or I guess earlier in your life, I guess same life technically, um, you, you were somebody who uh, was – running a massive uh, hedge fund and so you had to be right about the trajectory of the economy you had to get it right to get into that position uh wh- what do you think the biden administration wh- what are you anticipating because we talked about this a little bit in the first hour uh with some of the possible rate decreases and and just other ways that you think they're going to try you know i think this audience it will be helpful if they knew in advance if we all have a sense of what games are going to be played, what levers are going to be pulled to make a pretty anemic economy look like it's stronger than it is going into the election. What do you foresee? Well, I think the, you know you got to start with the with the economic reality, and what what's happening is there's these headline numbers that you know you you turn on the the news or read the newspaper and you see uh, GDP uh, up and uh, inflation, the rate of inflation down. And, uh, and people are surprised, well, if all these numbers are so good, why aren't people happy with the economy? And the reason they're not happy is that for most people, things have gotten much worse. Uh, as I mentioned, 60% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And so if you look at their experience over the last three years, um, inflation has driven, driven prices up about 20%, and wages have gone up by about 15%. So if you're buying food or rent or fuel, you've got less ability to do that than you did when Joe Biden came into office. And then on top of that, what's happened is interest rates have gone up dramatically. So if you're going to buy a new pickup truck, the payments just went up by 60%. Or if you're going to buy it, try to buy a new house, uh, new house purchases are down 50%. They just got twice as expensive. And so that's what most Americans, most Americans are experiencing. They don't have a big stock portfolio. So if the stock market's up, it doesn't affect them much. And so that's the reality Joe Biden has to confront. And that's why, even though, the headline numbers look a little bit better. The overall economy is a lot worse for Pennsylvanians. And I don't think there's much likelihood that that's going to change enough uh, to change how people feel about it, how people are experiencing it. And what's going to happen is that the Democrats are going to say crazy things. Like my opponent, Bob Casey, he's talking about greedflation. He thinks the problem is not that they had policy that spent $5 trillion more than they should have, which drove up prices. He thinks the problem is that business people – are gouging the consumer with greed, and that greed is the reason that prices are going up. This is exactly what a career politician who's never made payroll, who's never created a single job, this is how they think of things. This is how they think the government is going to bestow opportunity on people as opposed to the private sector creating opportunity. And so I'm going to be calling BS on all this crazy stuff because I actually understand the economy 
I'm talking to people on the ground. I know what's happening, and I know what it takes to create jobs. I'll say one more thing on this. What's happened to businesses, whether I go and talk to schools that teach people how to be uh, hairdressers or whether I talk to machinists, um, small manufacturers, whether I talk to farmers, um, this regulate, regulatory state under Joe Biden, the amount of regulations that have grown and made it harder to run businesses to create new opportunity, that's a huge drag on the economy. So in addition to calling BS on the, the crazy ideas of the Biden administration and what they say, I'm also going to lay out what needs to happen to get our economy really um, uh, growing again and helping all Americans, all Pennsylvanians, and part of that's reducing regulation. I know you're a Penn State fan. Last question for you, maybe the most difficult one out there. One you can tell us for people out there who are listening, Pennsylvania, they want to get involved where they need to go. But maybe the most important uh, question in Pennsylvania, certainly in a Super Bowl week, even though neither team is involved, are you a Pittsburgh Steelers or an Eagles guy? Who is your team in the NFL? All right. I am, I'm Steelers all the way. I grew up watching those great teams in the 70s and uh, was born outside of Pittsburgh, and I, I, I lived there and had three of my kids there. So I'm, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan all the way. Now, if the Steelers aren't in it, then I'll cheer for the Eagles. But I'm, I'm all Steelers all the time. And uh, the people want to know more about me, including more about the Steelers, it's uh, Dave McCormick. PA.com. And, uh, guys, I'm so grateful to be on the show. Thank you. Thanks and by the way, me. Dave, last night, funny uh, fact, if anybody thinks that uh, that you're not going to be able to handle difficulty, you have six daughters that you are raising, and I think they're all, like, uh, teenagers or early 20s. So if anybody out there can do anything, it would be somebody who's got six daughters that he's That's raising. Right. Yeah, P- people ask me, you know, uh, Ranger School, you know, 82nd Airborne, running a, a big company, uh, what was the hardest thing I ever did? And I said, listen, when you've had 16 age daughters, everything else seems easy after that. <laughs> no doubt. Dave, thanks for all the work. We'll have you on again, but, uh, encourage Pennsylvanians to go check it out. You are going to be a great representative for them and, uh, hopefully you can flip the Senate. Thanks for the time. Thanks guys. It's Dave McCormick. All right, Buck. Super Bowl is nearing. Are you going to watch the Super Bowl? What is your plan for the Super Bowl? This may be the least American thing I've said in a long time, Clay. I will probably be on a plane. However, I suppose the plane may have, unless they have a tactical issue, the ability to watch the Super Bowl. So I would be watching it in the sky. Uh, all right. So I will be watching in Las Vegas, I believe, which is having the Super Bowl. So, so and a lot of people out there. I'm going to be watching it on like a five-by-five five monitor on the back of someone's <laughs> seat that's kicking me in the face. Clay is going to be at the Super Bowl. So there you go. I will be at the Super Bowl. I'll be doing this show Thursday, Friday from Las Vegas. I think Monday from Las Vegas as well. And look, I can't wait. Um, I absolutely love the Super Bowl. I love all the festivities, all the fun. And be honest with you, I like being able to make picks on the Super Bowl like a lot of you are going to be doing. And right now, you can go get signed up for prize picks. I'm going to give you my picks on Thursday. A little bit of a preview. Going to give you my picks on Thursday. I'm going to hopefully win you some money. And by the way, if you think my picks are a disgrace... If you think they're a disaster, you can take the opposite side and you can try to win by fading me by taking the opposite side. If you think that I'm an an imbecile and some people do, including maybe my wife who might fade me uh, on this over 7 million sports fans have already gone signed up prizepicks.com slash clay. And right now they will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. All you have to do, go ahead and get this downloaded so you can get your picks in on Thursday or Friday when I give it out to you on the show so you are locked and loaded and ready to kick up your feet and watch the 49ers play against the Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. Uh, again, go right now, 
prizepicks.com. Use the code Clay. That's my name, C-L-A-Y. You put in $100, they'll give you $100 free. You put in 50, they'll give you 50 free. They will match up to $100, whatever you deposit. You can have some fun for the Super Bowl. Prizepicks.com slash Clay. That's prizepicks.com. Use my name as the code. Go ahead and get signed up right now. Up to $100 matched. All you have to do, prizepicks.com slash Clay. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. 